Wonderfully wet and wild weekend at Alton Park threw up some weird results in the most recent round of the British Touring Cars. Hello all and welcome back to the BTCP. Uh, we're going to be looking back at the wet and wild weekend at Alton. Sam, a great weekend's worth of racing. It's fantastic, wasn't it? Changeable conditions. Who would have thought it brings great racing? I'm just glad that our weather forecast paid off because I'll be <laughs> honest, on the Sunday morning when it was looking quite dry, I was thinking, oh my lord, I've done a whole lot of predictions and an entire preview based on rain and it looks like it's going to be bone dry, but the weather did not disappoint. No, it certainly didn't and showers came in thick and fast at points um, and then by the final race it had all dried up and we, we had a nice race at the end. Yeah, even in race two it started to dry about 75% of the way through, so yeah. To seeing cars struggle a little bit on wet tyres on a drying track. Uh, race one obviously was the, probably the wettest of the day, I'd say. Yep. Um, but before the races, there was qualifying. There was. Uh, and we'll get into qualifying right now. Qualifying report. Well, going into qualifying then, and the drivers were out and about on a fairly green track with the rain that had been early on Saturday morning through the free practice sessions. Um, Tyres were still warming up and rubbering up the track and gradually as we went through the sessions times kept evolving and getting quicker and quicker. Uh, something that we haven't really seen this season. Um, we've had quite a few of the pole times set early on in the session so far. Yeah, absolutely. The track, as you say, just kept drying out with every sort of lap that went around it and when you've got 20 odd touring cars touring the track, you're going to get a lot of water lifted. We were, of course, one car short for most of qualifying. Bobby Thompson, early on. Uh, had a little little excursion, yes. Well, it's um, very scenic at the park, so it's always key to see the sights whilst you're there. At the bottom of Cascades, I'm, I'm not quite sure how. I think it was his first flying lap, managed to drop it, and scooped up about half of Alton Park in his radiator. Um, and then half a lap later, he was unfortunately pulled off at the side and couldn't complete a flying lap so he would be starting at the back of the grid for the first race on Sunday yeah um, he wasn't the only driver to have an off though Andy Neat had a nice early spin at Old Hall um, getting used to the conditions and finding out where all the grip is and pushing those limits um, Ash Sutton as well we probably expect him to be pushing the limits don't we the day he can get a clean qualifying <laughs> lap in is the day he'll win the championship. Because yes. We'll get into it later, but every weekend, the amount of times he gets deleted is, is quite something. Yeah, he um, found the limits of his brakes down into the hairpin um, and had a little excursion on the longer circuit. I would say this is probably the worst conditions to try and qualify because it's not wet enough for wets. It's not quite at the start. It's not quite dry enough for uh, slicks. And obviously, we don't have the intermediate tyre anymore. No. Um, so it was a great surprise to see some drivers struggling early in the session. Um, yeah. and it's difficult to get heat into the tyres. Very much so, particularly in the rear wheel drive car, um, which probably explains why we saw Ash have his little off early on. As the track dried, as you said earlier, the time started to really improve and we started to see that sort of shootout we, we've come to know and love in the touring cars. Yeah, and something else we've come to know and possibly not love is the amount of deleted times that we get through qualifying. Uh, obviously drivers trying to find the limits. Um, and going off at another MSV track and setting the sensors off to get their times deleted. Um, most notably Ingram, 
um, who finally qualified down in 15th, had a faster time deleted. Um, Hill was fairly lucky actually, he had a time deleted and then on the next lap set an almost identical yeah. time but clean, um, which put him well up in 6th on the grid. Um, Oliphant, yeah. Oliphant well, yeah. had his fastest time taken away. At one point, he was on for pole position yeah, right close to the end of the session, um, but he dropped down to third and then had that time deleted and dropped down to eighth. Uh, other drivers, Proctor, as I've mentioned, Hill, uh, Neat, and Osborne all had times deleted. Um, it's a case of finding consistency in qualifying, isn't it? Yeah, and it's therefore no surprise that we look at the people in the top six or so in the qualifying session were those drives that we've come to to know as consistency to me. Yeah, Butcher again goes and sticks it on pole. That car is so quick. It is very that quick, is especially so quick. over a, um, a one flying lap. Yeah, well um, even in race, race conditions with yes. no weight on the board. He, and he's found a way to make the weight work in the car very quickly as well, yeah, which is quite impressive because I think it's only the third weekend for that car. Um, driver inside the top three with no weight on board was Cook. Mm. We all were hoping that they would get their act together and start performing. Um, and at one point, he was also fastest in the session, so he would have been. He started second for race one, um, followed by Turkington and Neil ahead of Camish. Good effort by him. Yeah, obviously a lot less weight on the car yep. than uh, Camish, but yeah, it, Neil's had a bit of a nothing start to the season, uh, so it was important for him to get a good qualifying result. Uh, as we said, Hill in sixth, Chilton another solid qualifying from him yep. BTC looked like they might have tuned the car in and dialed it into a qualifying lap at least uh, Oliphant down in 8th after he had his time deleted Morgan pretty standard in <laughs> just inside the top 10 I don't know how he's doing this you know no. I really don't they've put they've worked wonders over there I know that he was well again to later, they've done a lot of work on the car to try and keep it as competitive as possible but my word uh, and then to round out the top 10, Smiley, again, that Hyundai looking consistent. Yeah. Race 1. Well, as we mentioned in our preview pod, we had a later start to events on Sunday with Race 1 um, that was put back even further, considering the weather conditions and the two formation laps. Yeah, so as they were going out onto the grid on the uh, first out that out of the pit lane, they were all on dries, as it had been dry to that point. Yep. Suddenly, a very sharp downpour greeted the grid, which led to a scramble for the wet tyre. Uh, two formation laps were then in order due to the conditions to allow extra time to warm up the tyres. Although, it wasn't quite enough to warm up the tyres for, or the car indeed, for Carl Bordley. No, no, he, he didn't manage one whole formation lap, did he? No. Um, before he exited stage right at the final corner. Fast. And met with the barrier rather quickly. I'm still not 100% sure what happened. Um, whether he locked the brakes or forgot to brake. I'm not brake too late and the car just skated across the water, which is effectively an ice rink at that point. But he hit it blooming hard yeah, enough he, to snap the barrier yeah he did um, in in wetter conditions you will need to change brake bias about and I'm wondering whether either if he'd forgotten or he just hadn't moved it far enough um, because if you lock up the fronts in the wet you're just a passenger you are <laughs> you are um, whilst all this was going on the two uh, trade price cars came into the pits so though we're not entirely sure why 
No. We didn't get any sort of footage to why they're coming. I wanted to play had gambled and stayed on slicks and then done a one warm up lap and decided no, it was definitely a wet. But I'm not sure because we never actually heard any more on that. I I doubt that they would have stayed on slicks looking at how much water there was on track for before they started the formation lap. Um, but maybe I'm wondering whether they thought about going the other way. What do you mean? And possibly going back to slicks once oh, they'd done okay. the two formation laps and then realised that it probably wasn't the right idea. Yeah, possibly, possibly. Um, there was a delayed start, as you mentioned, uh, whilst the barrier was repaired. Uh, big shout out to the stewards and marshals again um, who yeah. repaired that very quickly given the fact that it even snapped in various get places. Get the JCB out, pull it back into position. Hammer back, <laughs> back in this post, yeah, yeah. Great job by the marshals again. Um, and we obviously owe all racing uh, to the mm. marshals because without them it doesn't happen. So, no. stellar job to them. Uh, and then when the formation lap began again, uh, the rain had begun to fall once more. So whilst it was being fixed, the rain had pretty much stopped. Yeah. <laughs> and there was kind of murmurings, Is it? do we go back on the slicks? The problem is at that point they weren't allowed to do any work on the car that would require the car to be lifted. So the most they could change was anti-roll bar settings, effectively. Yep. Um, you'd have to come into the pits to do a full tyre swap at that point. I believe there were conversations on the grid between Ingram and his engineer as to whether they should be changing bits, but I don't think they did in the end. No. Um, and ultimately, it was the right call to stay on to the wet tyres for the teams as the rain came even harder. Uh, it certainly was. I'm pretty sure that Alan Gow has got a switch for the rain this weekend. Yeah, it did seem to come at all the right times. It, it was like, <laughs> formation lap, yeah, we'll just switch that on. Oh, they've stopped again, we'll switch it off. So, whilst it wasn't torrential, the track was incredibly wet, greasy and sprayy, if that's a word. So, we moved to the start, uh, and it wasn't the start Cook could have hoped for. No, no, it's fair to say that he didn't get it hooked up. Not at all. Uh, which is in stark contrast to Butcher, who got an absolutely perfect start. He really had the throttle and the clutch nailed this weekend. Dropped he? it perfectly. You'd almost think that that Ford was rear-wheel drive. I was about to say, he matched it stride for stride of Turkington. Yeah. Um, I was able to keep a gap going into the first corner. Turkington obviously got the good start as we expect him to, the rear-wheel drive power. But as you say, you wouldn't have known that uh, Butcher's car was a forward drive car because it was so quick off the start. Uh, and Butch was then able to keep Colin behind him. Uh, Oliphant made a very good start as well initially, uh, siphing through the field. Very much in contrast to Jelly, though, yes. who, who was left stationary. <laughs> yes, yes, that's probably the highlight of Jelly's weekend, actually. Um, whilst the spray was a plenty, Cook made a beautiful move down the inside of Oliphant, um, but Oliphant held him off well initially. Yeah, Cook was looking a, a bit annoyed with himself for making such a poor start and was having to fight his way back through. Obviously, no weight on the car. Many of the other cars around him had weight on board, um, and he was looking very racy in that those early stages. Absolutely. Oddly enough, Matt Neal seemed to struggle on the opening couple of laps. Jake Hill pulled a lovely move on him in Cascades, but it's not a move you'd expect people to be able to pull on Neal. No, no. Normally, if someone's either... Down, trying to get down the inside of Neil, he'll block them off. Or if they're on the outside, he'll push them wide. Um, it's very uncharacteristic from him at the moment. Yeah, he doesn't seem to be quite himself. No. For whatever reason that might be. Uh, as out in front, Turkton stuck on the rear bu- uh, rear bumper of Butcher's car. Um, whilst Ash, Sutton and Tom Ingram are getting a little bit touchy-feely at the back. I thought Ash was lucky not to send Ingram round at one point. He still doesn't know the length of that car, does he? 
No, no, I thought actually if he hadn't sent on, uh, Ingram round, he did well not to break the suspension because he really did tap the rear wheel yeah, of, he did. of Ingram. So um, had had him almost sideways across his bonnet coming into that final corner, didn't he? There's some murmurs that they're not the best of friends in the paddock. I'm not sure how much I buy into that, but there are murmurs that they don't see... It, it doesn't surprise me that Ash Sutton has enemies in the paddock, though. It would surprise me more if he had friends. Yeah, you know, true, actually. Yeah. He is so, uh, you know, cold... Divisive. And, and cold-blooded and a, and a yeah. winner. Yeah. Winner, you know. But yeah, there's a few suggestions that they're not the best of buddies, and they certainly didn't look the best of buddies uh, at that point. Uh, where should we go next? There was so much action to have. Let's go with um, Goff, who had a tangle with Thompson, um, who, in his defence, held the slide very well into the hairpin. It would later transpire that Goff's car effectively had turned off at that point. It's always helpful when it turns off, isn't it? Yeah, I, Lord knows what's going on with hard this season. We, we knew they were going to struggle. They, they had a really poor weekend this weekend in total. Um, and there are, there's a lot of uh, spare parts that are going to be needed before Knock Hill next weekend. Yeah, and it's just mounting up. It, was a partic- it wasn't a great weekend of brands either, um, all round. And yeah. it's now... We knew the car was going to struggle. It really is seemingly struggling. When you're getting stuff like this, the car cutting out and stuff like that it's just you know you can't legislate for that as a driver Thompson did well to recover from there though um, having started at the back of the grid from obviously the issue he had in qualifying um, managed to recover well and finish 14th in the end um, which is a good drive from him Oliphant was as high as third at one point which is quite surprising where he finished Um, and he seemed to go backwards after Cook pulled a fantastic move and dummy that's one of Mm. the best overtakes yeah. I've seen for a long time he, he did it twice didn't he because he also did it to Butcher later on in yeah. the race he just seemed to faint one way and then last of the late breakers down the inside yeah that was into Lodge on Oliphant um, at which point Camish also managed to pass Oliphant um, who started to really tumble back down seemed to struggle as the race wore on yep. tyres couldn't get up to temperature we know BMW struggles in the wet I wonder whether the gradually drying line as they were all moving the water, whether he wasn't cooling his tyres enough. Maybe it went the other way and he managed to overheat those wets. Possibly, although Turkton was also struggling in the cars. He His little error made it an easy pass for Cook for second. Turkton dropped it um, onto the kerb and did well to hold a mini slide. It was, it's, yeah. Turkton's such a good driver, he didn't even know he was having a moment, but that he could have easily have <coughs> snapped. Stop, we saw Moffat do a couple of weeks ago. He could have yeah. easily have snapped that car around. Um... After Cook was through there, he started to chase down Rory at the front. Stunning pace, wasn't it? Oh, ridiculous pace. It was, like, it was over a second a lap, wasn't it? Yeah, oh, it was ridiculous. It took him a couple of laps to um, catch Butcher, who was looking comfortable out front at that point. Yeah, he was. He was holding the pace well. Yeah. Looked, looked good. Um, a little bit further behind, Hill got past Oliphant with ease as well. I said it before and I'll say it again. Oliphant's defensive capabilities leave a little bit to be desired at times. Um Back at the top, Camish was looking to get past Colin, but his moves were put short by the fact that Brown managed to smash his VW into the wall at Old Hall, miraculously not doing any damage whatsoever. Yeah, it was a spectacular moment, and he managed to lose it on the way in, not even like dropped mm. it wide or anything like that. As he came into shot on the replay, he was already having a big moment. Yeah. But the damage that was from it was maybe a little bit of front wing damage, and that was it. Very cosmetic. He's able to get the car going again. Yeah pulled right in front of the safety car train which wasn't particularly good for the rest of the drivers but it also meant that we only had a lap of the yep. safety car uh, but this it so closed everyone up I was going to say this of course is great news for Cook who was catching Butcher anyway but just made it that yeah, that easier Yeah. Um, up to the safety car this gave us a chance to catch our breath and kind of take 
stock of what the field was doing and I commented to you it was strange that both Sutton and Ingram seemed to be struggling in the conditions given that they are wet master drivers really yeah they were having I wouldn't want to say an average race but they weren't setting the the timing screens alike like Cook was and Butcher was very much holding his own at the front um, and these are two drivers that we would have expected to excel in the rain in their defence they took a long time to get past Morgan and their fighting of each other probably yes. in the end hampered each other's progress through the field Yeah. Um, back when racing was underway Hill pulled a fantastic move on Turkson as I mentioned earlier to get through albeit um, Turkson dropped a slight uh, wheel on dirt yeah. Uh, Bushell then decided he, he was bored of racing in the touring cars and wanted to do a rally cross route, so that was good for him. A um, little bit rusty, possibly. Yeah, it's a shame. After a really good qualifying result, I was hopeful Bushell might sneak into the points this weekend. And yeah. It seemed to be an error on his own, which is a little bit disappointing. Uh, Goff and Neil were uh, victims to the meatball flag, the black and orange flag for mechanical issues. Although one of them didn't want to pay attention to it. No, Goff was later black flag. I'm not. I'm not quite sure what was wrong with Goff's car. Whether it was a similar issue to Matt Neal's. Matt Neal's was obviously the rain light being inoperative yep. at the rear of the car, which is essential in these conditions. Um, and when declared a rep, wet race, has to be on. I don't know if it was perhaps linked to his early electrical problems. If the car has cut Possibly. out completely and it's still not fully yeah. firing, it's not safe to be on the track, no. and you know it should come in to be assessed. Neil's is silly in the sense that it's so, again happens. It's such a stupid thing to it's, go wrong. It's an electrical gremlin, isn't it? Yeah, it's been their problem this year. If it's been power steering, yeah, had electronics fail. We've now had this go, and it's such a stupid thing to lose your race for. Yeah. Um, Thompson had done really well at this point. He was up to fifteenth, having climbed up from the back of the grid and recovered from the instant with uh, golf, which we've already covered. Um, I think that's pretty much it. Ingram tried to chase down Chilton, having got past Morgan, but couldn't do so before the chequered flag fell. And by that point, Cook had sailed to victory, with a very strong second for Butcher and the final place on the podium going to Carriage at this point. Once he'd gotten past Butcher, he managed to pull about four seconds by the end of yes. the race. Oh, he was so far clear. And it, it was like night and day between, obviously, Butcher having 30 kilos of weight and Cook having nothing. Yeah. Um, it shows the potential that that car has got this season. Obviously, they have been unlucky, especially at Brands, with technical issues. Um, but I think more consistency needs to be seen from the whole team. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Two of the points that are interesting about that, though, is that Butcher was able to get away from Carriage very easily. Yes. Carriage didn't re- I know Carriage is a bit, uh, a bit heavier, but equally, Hill... Um, was catching Camish quicker than Butcher was being caught by Camish. Yeah. Um, and also, I should point out that Sutton's race was slightly hampered by the fact that Tom Ingram kicked up a load of mud into his radiator early on, which meant he had to sort of back up. That's about halfway through the race, we saw him drop off the back of Tom. Yeah, he did. Um, that was to try and keep the engine under control and to keep the temperature. Bring it to the end, down. really. Yeah, exactly. Uh, final shout outs Crease, a very good 12. He's slowly but surely putting together points finish his runs now isn't he getting more consistent um, m- very much getting used to the car still yep. um, and I think he's gradually understanding it more and more and obviously having two fairly experienced teammates um, in Chilton and Cook I think is helping him absolutely and a final shout out to the Hyundai's who had a quiet but very effective race um, and strong points scoring for them um, as the cars enter Park Ferme eh? All BTC and Cook fans held their breath somewhat as the roller could not get underneath the car. 
Right, so as a technical regulation, um, cars are checked on a Weybridge, yeah. um, and then the technical inspection also includes a ride height test uh, once they finish the race. And we've seen people fail ride height tests before, most probably most famously at Knock Hill last year. 2018. Year before, uh, where Ingram... I'm still not over it. <laughs> Ingram and Sutton... Um, Failed the ride height test yeah. and both got disqualified. Despite the fact they had their t- floors torn to shreds by the lakes that were being expected to drive through. Yes. Um, this will cover one of my talking points uh, on the website, but I'm going to go into it a little bit now before we give you the final results because we'll obviously update them to the, with the amended result. Yep. I have a solution, which is always worrying. Please share. The thing is, we want them to race in the wet. Yes. We want them to race hard in the wet and we, want to, so we don't want to see a procession where nobody wants to make Still. a pass. No. Okay. No. <laughs> we want to make sure that you know, they feel comfortable, they can make the pass, then go through the water yep. and, and race. Why can't they do a ride height test on the grid? So if they're all compliant at the start of the race, they're all legal, only in wet races. I'm not saying in dry races. Okay. But in wet races where there's a much bigger chance of you causing damage from going through standing water, which is effectively what Tom and Ash both tried to argue in Not Kill. I mean, you saw it wasn't as bad this weekend at Alton that weekend in Not Kill. It was the lakes. lakes. It was, yeah. Yeah. It was inevitable that if you went through those at speed, and both of them were racing hard, is it a coincidence it happened to two of the most aggressive and most natural overtakers on the grid? I don't think so, because they were carving their way through the field and doing really well in the wet themselves anyway. Tom would win that race. Yeah. So why can't they, on the grid, do ride height tests? There's enough people to make it possible. And then at the end, you can then, if it fails again, you at least then know there's a reason that it was legal at the start, and therefore there's a potential explanation to why it's not legal now. Well, because the problem is that they do it at the end, but they've got no idea if it started legal or not. Well, surely going through scrutineering, it would have had to have been legal. Because there, there, there is a minimum requirement for it to pass at the end of the race, and it's not going to get any higher throughout the race, is it? No, but it can get lower. Yes, I know. But so, obviously they start at what must be minimum at the start of the race in dry conditions because they're, okay, they might lose a bit of tyre tread or stuff like that, um, or even tyre pressure, but they can reset those. Yeah. So is it more likely, do you need to just have more of a sort of like a gap in wet conditions? Because obviously you're running on wet tyres with tread blocks yeah. that on a drying track will gradually wear down. Yeah. Do you then have to take that into consideration a little bit more in wet conditions and just raise the ride height by possibly three, four mil? I think the risk of that is that that, that you'll then see slower racing. It's done at the race it, at the height it is because it has optimal for those conditions and to keep it race worthy and to keep it um, effective in a race. Yeah. I think that with as discussed earlier, you can't do anything that requires the car to be raised on the grid once they're on the grid. Yeah. So I don't see why. And I've been on a grid walk. There's plenty of time to get around all the cars and do a roller test in the wet. I'm not saying do it in every race because if you if it fails after a dry race, then I think there's a much more likely chance it was never legal in the first place. And I can understand then why you'd exclude exclude. I can understand that. And this is an obvious reason to why why that's happened. But I, I think something more ironic is if your front splitter drops off and you've shed I don't know how much they weigh ten kilos of weight. It'd still pass because yeah. it's actually higher. Yeah. Whereas if it's bent itself under, which is more of a hindrance to aero, to weight yeah. distribution, etc., then I can't see why that, 
is worse than your scenario, as yeah. you just said. So I think that needs looking at because if you want them to race hard in wet conditions, which we do because it goes to great racing for us to watch, you've got to accept that there is going to be water damage to the cars. I accept that in this case it seemed to be only Cook that failed, but do they test and only on one side, which suggests it's damage to me. That's yeah. suggest a ride height issue. That's just that's hit something hard water-wise and yeah. bent something underneath, so you can't get the roll underneath. Mm. Which to me, it seems very harsh to exclude them for that. I know rules are rules, and yeah. they have followed what the procedure yeah. is, and I don't blame the scrutineers for following what the rule book says, but I think the rule book needs changing. Mm. Possibly. Because I want to see racing in the wet. We're going to see the best come out of these drivers. I, I think if I think across the board, if the minimum ride height were to be raised for all cars in wet conditions, yeah, then you'd still get the same quality of racing. Are you talking about all the cars manually lifting themselves up higher, or allowing the actual roller to be smaller to get under the car? Are you saying that the cars have a? I I'm saying that if it is a wet con a wet race declared a wet race at the yeah. start yeah, yeah. then they should be allowed to raise them by 2-3 mil but raise the car themselves or, lo- or make the rollers smaller so they can keep raise they- the cars oh ok because if they're all raised across the board then you don't have an issue my problem with that is that I suppose that they'd have to know that very early on so they can make sure they get yes. a full wet set for that, for that slightly different because it's, yeah. done, it's done on such Percentiles that yeah. you'd have to that have to be made at sort of the end, end of the season to give a long time for the teams to yeah. be able to find the right setup for that. Yeah. I just think on this occasion it's incredibly harsh to penalise Cook, who I don't think got an advantage because of his lowered ride height. Do you think he should have been penalised in a different way, or penalised at all? I don't think he should be penalised at all. If it's if it's failed on one side, that suggests you don't. No one's going to set the car up to race at a diagonal ride height wise there's no not unless you're oval racing but yeah yeah. there's no at British tractors left as rights there's no um, benefit in my view of having the car set up to diagonal yeah so to me that suggests that it's accidental damage has accumulated during the race therefore I think it's harsh to do it at all to penalise him at all if you are going to penalise him I don't Give him a five-point deduction, but I don't think it's necessary. I really don't think it's necessary. Or, or a grid drop for the next race. Yeah, and keep your position. Yeah, I think that's fair. Because effectively, they've got a double penalty, haven't they? Being excluded, you still keep the weight for the win, and you get dropped to the back of the grid for the second race. Which is ludicrous, it's own right, because yeah. that ruins your whole weekend. Through, I know it's there to, to try and discourage cheating, but this isn't cheating in my book. This is part and parcel of how racing is. Yeah. Anyway, I digress. Shall we go through the final results then for race one? Yep, so obviously Butcher would inherit the win from Cook. Yep. Uh, Camish and Hill would then make up the podium. Really good race for Hill. He's needed that. Yes, he definitely has. So and I think you predicted him for a podium this weekend. It's about the only thing you got right. We'll get onto that later. Yeah, but things I got right this weekend. <laughs> uh, Turkton, Chilton and Ingram. Uh, from Morgan, Sutton, Smiley. Proctor, Crease. Oliphant, Jackson, Thompson and Andy Neat picked up the last place yeah. due to the disqualification. Yeah, good for Andy Neat. He's not been as far off the pace as we thought he was going to be. No, he hasn't. Um, and this, I th- think, is probably his first proper we- wet weekend in that car. Yes. Um, yeah, yeah. So, respectable. Absolutely. Should we go on to race two? Yes. Race two. Race two was a bit dull in comparison to race one. Yeah, comparatively. Um, still wet though. Yeah. Um, and it was 
noticeable that you had to get a good start in race two, uh, and there are a couple of drivers on the did on the grid that did that very well. Butcher again from pole position hooked it up perfectly, um, and yeah, seems to have it nailed in certainly wet conditions and dry. Yeah, I I can't believe that Butcher is still so much in contention for the title, given that he effectively had a weekend off at Brands. Yeah. Okay, yeah. And actually, I've not done the maths, but had he, those results stood and he hadn't lost the win and then lost the race three... We'd be very close, if not in the lead. That's what I'm saying. I think he would be possibly top, if not, yeah. be a very small gap. I've not done the maths, but yeah... That car is insane. Yeah, it is. Uh, Ash Sutton, as we expected, another driver to make an excellent start, uh, gaining positions from the start. Oliphant, as well, was a rocket ship Demon, from 12th. Mm. Um, and he must have made up three or four positions by the first corner. Um, yeah. it, it was noticeable on the replay that everyone else was still standing still. We almost thought he'd had a jump start. Yeah, it was like the, they were going backwards or yeah. forwards. It was yeah, it was just perfect from Oliphant. Uh, and Neil from the back of the grid, obviously from the first race, had that issue with his rain light needed to make a good start, and on the first lap made up six positions, um, which is more like the Neil that we were expected. This, of course, being his seven hundredth race. The British Touring Cars. Yeah, which is hell a hell of a milestone. Hell of an achievement. And, I've, you know, whatever your views on his abilities uh, now, it's easy to forget just how much formidable race he was, particularly in the mid 2000s. Um, yeah. It was absolutely formidable. It's ridiculous. What, 30 years of competition yeah. now? It's a 30 consecutive years as well, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's mad. insane. insane. Uh, he did very well in this race, coming from the back of the grid to eventually finish just inside the points. Yeah, um, you're right. Thompson, um, his weekend was gradually getting stronger. Yeah. Um, obviously had that 14th position um, and had a decent start to this race um, and managed to make up four positions early on and then sort of like plateaued out and managed to finish 10th in the end. Uh, there are a few incidents in this race though. Uh, Bushel and Cascades don't seem to go together too well. Uh, <laughs> he's had another off <laughs> on lap three. Uh, James Gornall had a bit of contact with Matt Neal, I believe, early on in this race, Um, and he ended his race in the pits on lap three. Uh, We're not quite 100% sure as to what the issue was, but it was unfortunately race ending. Uh, Later on into the race, Moffat was another driver to find difficulties at the off-camber downhill cascades, which... Second weekend in a row, he's done that. Yeah, it's it's not great. Um, I think it is possibly past the point now where he's still learning the car. Considering he had the car for six months yep. or half the season last season, um, I know that BMR come on board and rebuilt bits of it. I don't know if they've done it on both cars or just Ash's car, but yeah, it doesn't look like they've done it on both cars, does it? Yeah, Moffat really is struggling that car at the moment, and it's compounded by what happened in race three with a Mercedes as well. Yeah. Um, the final probably most major incident in race 2 involved two of the BTC racing cars Mm. Um, it was an interesting move Cook was making good progress through the field from the back of the grid after his uh, disqualification Um, and him alongside Kreese were looking to have a go at Smiley on the back end of the top 10 at that point and coming down into his lobster cane and we've got Kreese going down the inside of Smiley, 
while Cook's going down the outside of Smiley and Smiley's like nope I'm getting out of this he breaks early and Cook from the effective racing line turns in I don't think he realises that Crease is down the inside of Smiley no I don't either on first look we both thought it was Crease's fault yes but actually on second look I think Cook is more to blame yeah so do I I think he's turned across the front obviously not knowing he was there um, has tapped him into a spin and once he's on the grass he's continually sliding not able to slow it down slides across the track and just bumps into the barrier did get it back going again he though, did credit. Yeah. but yeah it, <sighs> Cook is quite a emotional driver that yeah. the red mist comes down when he, he's not doing so well should we say we saw that in race one where it worked to his advantage here you can't go free of breast for a chicane it, no, it, it's not going to work. It's never going to work. You're, you're going to even struggle going two abreast in there. Although we did have a couple of moves that were side by side, that were very tight and sketchy, shall we say? Yeah. Um, meanwhile, up at the front, Sutton making fantastic progress. Yeah. He was looking rapid in this race, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. All the right conditions for Ash. Uh, may I just point out that I sort of called that almost perfectly. He'd yeah. have an average race one, race two, come through. Nice good start, um, and once he got past Butcher, he was almost off into the sunset, um, and finished four seconds up the road, um, and that was he was halfway through the race when he made that move. Yeah, yeah, and that was the easy win for him. That after that, Camish and Turkington was another one where Turkington was putting all the pressure on the mm-hmm. back of Camish, and then Camish makes a mistake. Yeah, drops it deep into the hairpin. Yeah, and you, that's where the BMW is strongest. The traction out of that corner. Pressure tells as well, doesn't it? I think. <laughs> Go uh, on, say it. I think Carriage's title charge is over. I honestly do. We'll probably look at that when we do the roundup later on, but I really think his challenge is over. I, I think next weekend is going to be more crucial. But as I said that in the preview, I'll uh, leave that there. Yeah, well, obviously, we'll look at it in the preview pod. Uh, four not kill. Colin struggled there last year and lost a lot of points to Andy Jordan. But yeah. I think it's over, mate. I honestly do. I, I don't think the car's reliable enough. I don't think Cavish is quite on it in the same way he was last year. He needs to get that run of podium together and fast if he's going to get back into this. Because there's, at the minute, in my view, there are three better cars than him, and two of them are a surprise. We knew the BMW was going to be yeah. better than him. The Ford Focus is better. Yeah. And the Infinity is better. We'll see. We well, I saw a post on social media after this weekend saying. On to the next one. I've had my bad weekend now, and it's time to capitalise on other drivers having a bad weekend. We had a bad weekend, in my view, at Brands Hatch as well, with a 19th in retirement. He's yeah. actually done better this weekend than the Brands, so if this is bad weekend. <laughs> the thing is, you're not going to get Colin. You know, the, I've written a piece about the five talking points where I look into the reliabilities of the Hondas this year, and I won't give the facts you've got to go read them for yourself on the website um, but yeah it's stark contrast to last year and mm. Colin's not going to have these problems BMW will not have these problems I think he will have one bad weekend somewhere though yeah but a bad weekend for Colin is two tenths in a fall <laughs> that's a bad weekend for Colin it won't be a retirement Colin doesn't retire the car um, another driver that had a solid race uh, dropping back a little from race one was Jake Hill mm. another important performance from him um, and finally, the car showing reliability. Although he did still have engine issues this weekend. Yeah, he yeah. was struggling with the engine all weekend. Obviously. And and himself. Yeah, he was ill. He was ill, not coronavirus related. No, no stress <laughs> to add. Um, and of course, this is where he took his win last year, albeit it would be later 
uh, removed from him for his incident with Matt Neal. He does seem to go well here, doesn't he? Yeah, he seems to enjoy the track. Um, I think it flows quite nicely, although it is a difficult place to overtake at. Yeah, but it's good to see Hill at the right end of the grid and hopefully that car can perform because his teammate couldn't get it to perform, locking up into the hairpin going deep, which Hamilton would then, a couple of laps later, do one better and go into the barrier and uh, remove the barrier at the hairpin by going Apparently it wasn't needed. No. <laughs> just, just landscape. It was a silly mistake, really. For both of them. Yeah, yeah. Poor, poor errors by both of them, who yeah. both seem to have struggled this weekend. Um, but summing up the top 15 from race 2 uh, Sutton from Butcher from Turkington uh, Kamish managed to sort of like recover from a poorish race for him to 4th uh, Ingram decent in 5th Oliphant much better than the first race finishing 6th uh, followed by Hill, Chilton, Morgan Thompson Proctor and then Crees, Neil, Smiley and Jackson. Yeah, so Neil did well to get back into there from the back of the grid. Another great result for Crees. Two points finishes on the bounce. Yep. He's got to be happy with that. Um, he's really starting to look settled in that car uh, now is Crease, and he'll be looking to take that form into the Jack Sears. Uh, that's also three points finishes on the bounce because he finished in the points at Brands. Yep. Race two. As we were running into the twilight hours <laughs> of the race weekend at Autumn Park, um, number 10 ball got picked out from the end of race two, so that meant that Bobby Thompson would be sitting on pole, and uh, I thought, oh, my prediction of an Audi on the podium might yeah. come true, uh, and then the race got started. <laughs> yeah, so the Ginettas that ran before were slipping and sliding a fair bit still, but by yeah. the time that they'd actually finished the race and the interlude between the track was dry, so it was wet all round. And um, Bobby had a great chance on pole. Uh, with yeah. The Audi's got a good, good bit of pace, but saw it last year here. It was it was decent in the hands of Hill, but yeah, it's um, he seemed to hit reverse more than anything, didn't he? Yeah, and there was drama before the race even began. Bushel was unable to make the grid due to a braking issue, though he would get out a little bit later and use it mainly as a test session. Uh, and Tom Ingram was uh, lighting up the grid with his hazard lights, um, suggestions that he'd hit it by accident, which I thought was a little bit uh, condescending by <laughs> commentator. This suggests that a, a person of Ingram's ability was messing about with lights by mistake. That's right, Tim Harvey doesn't know what he's on about half the time. Uh, and then um, the it would later transpire that it was a drive shaft issue. Yeah, just on one side, I believe, because um, he still had enough momentum to carry him round to the pits. Mm. Um, but yeah, quite annoying and um, damning scene, as we mentioned on his Instagram live that we were expecting him to take the win in this final race. I think he would have been expecting to as well, yes. from where he was on the grid. Yeah. Um, when lights did go out, Oliphant and Morgan made the best starts, and they led Chilton into the first corner. Oliphant quicker for the line, as you'd expect. Morgan, surprisingly, good pace off the line mm. in, and we've written that car perhaps we've got to accept that they've just worked wonders on that car because it looks as competitive as it did in the black and red days yes yeah I would say as competitive as the black and yellow days I think that was the peak of the Mercedes yeah. um, but it's looking fairly competitive again it is had a decent start from uh, the front row of the grid but as you said Oliphant also had another good start with that mm. rear wheel drive BMW yep uh, and it was 
uh, Morgan that led into the first corner, as I say. Thompson was very slow off the line, dropping down the order. Um, but someone else has dropped down the order, who, in my view, couldn't afford to, was Dan Camish. Held a slide, but there seemed to be a problem. Yeah, it was it was weird, this race for him. Um, he didn't seem to have any pace in the car at all. Um, he was carrying some weight, but not any more than he would be used to. Um, yeah, I think there was some sort of technical issue with the car, quite possibly. Which, if it is the case, which has not been confirmed yet, but if it is the case, Halfords are really in trouble this year with technical, technical reliability, because yep. as far as I'm aware, Karras hasn't put a foot wrong racing-wise. Okay, no. Neil has a couple of times, but generally it's been car-related that's let them down. And I think that was a worry that we were going to have coming into a season like this, having yeah. things in such close proximity each other weekends following weekends uh, and not many gaps in between then I think this was always going to be a possibility that any issues that come up might not be resolved by the next weekend mm. it might take a couple of weeks they keep lingering Neil uh, to complete Halford's fantastic day had a big off at Cascades which this wouldn't be the anniversary weekend he would have hoped for no, it's uh, probably one that he wants to forget rather quickly um, and he, he was probably already halfway to knock Hill by the end yeah, of Sunday night. I think you're absolutely right. Uh, out the front, Oliphant was glued to the rear of Morgan's Mercedes, who was driving it very well and Oliphant wasn't really looking at any point that he was likely to get past um, Adam. Uh, there's a couple of times out the hairpin he's got better traction, but Morgan just knew where to position the car. Yeah, I think I think that's right. Morgan is well versed at driving that car now. I can't remember how many years he's been in it. What, seven, maybe. Possibly, yeah. Um, so he knows every inch of that car and where to put it on track. Um, whereas we've already spoken about Oliphant's uh, lacklustre attempts at overtaking people. I also think that part of it is down to respect. Um, yeah. I think that Tom knows that. This might bit much say it owes a lot to Adam, but. You know, teammates. former teammates has a lot of respect for each other there's a lot of respect for, Ad, uh, for Morgan generally in the paddock oh, actually yeah. to be fair um, but he's not going to do anything stupid on, on Adam to get past him um, which would then lead to the fact that WSR decided that it was best to give Colin a crack now how it was described afterwards if I was in court I'd be picking it to pieces because Colin's interview afterwards said there were no team orders Oliphant out of the goodness of his heart decided that he wasn't, he wasn't getting very far so he let Colin through and he'd have given the place back Oliphant told a slightly different story when he had his interview saying I, I, I don't think Oliphant needed to speak did he he just needed to stand in front of the camera yeah. you could see how annoyed he was by the fact that he probably had to move over to give Colin a chance now obviously um, we'll come to it later in the race but the race got stopped early and yep. it would have been interesting to see whether Colin would have let him back through if he hadn't got past Morgan Colin is adamant that he would have done Yep. Um, and I think he probably would have oh, I think he probably would have probably on the line I don't agree that he's going to return the favour later on this the no. championship's won early because <laughs> I, I, I can't see uh, that he's going to do that unless always have a title rivals are, are out to that race and yep. he's you know, getting points regardless or it's for like tents on the grid yeah or it's the last race <laughs> here you go Oliphant have one extra point yeah I can't see this situation being remedied where he'll be able to give him a second no but there we go and Turkton didn't actually really attack Morgan particularly well either there's no. a couple of times where he's close but Morgan just drove it really really well I think he only had what three or four laps behind Morgan before we had the, the major incident in race three and as you say he didn't he didn't cause him too many issues no 
Um, Sutter was a little bit slower, but I think part of that was down to weight, and another part was down to I'm in fourth. I'm in a championship here. Let's not do anything ridiculous. Yeah. If a chance comes to get past Colin or Oliphant, I'll take it. But I'm not going to launch this and risk like I did at um, Donington on the opening weekend. Yeah, having already made up six positions in that race from the reverse grid, you'd, yeah. you'd be quite happy to take that at that point. You would have taken fourth at the start of the race, wouldn't you? So fairly, fairly clever from him there. Cook slicing through the field, desperately trying to salvage part of his weekend. And he got as high as 11th by lap five, which is pretty impressive by him. The pace is there. Yes, yeah, the pace is definitely there, um, and I think as we go throughout the season, he'll gradually pick up the pace, possibly even more, and hopefully the car will be behind him to keep him where he needs to be, yes. or where we expect him to be more. And the rain doesn't ruin his weekend either. <laughs> uh, a bit further back, Butcher wasn't as quick as he had been and was battling well for Smiley for eighth. He pulled a lovely move into Cascades to take the place back, having already lost it to... Uh, to Chris and also he'd have been also aware that given the Brands Hatch weekend points were prized this weekend and just if 8th was the best you could get then keep it 8th do nothing silly get that car home yeah um, and then we had Camish all the way down in 16th at one point I've said it slightly looking into race 2 I'm going to say it again that championship is over for me I think it's too early to call that I just don't honestly I don't see where Colin will have that. Okay, then. Would you say Ingram's title challenge is over? Yes. I think currently the top four are the only ones that will be going for a title this year. I think after that it's it's, it's done. So it's, it's only be... a seven-point gap between Oliphant and Camish. Yeah, but Oliphant's in a car that is more consistent, faster, and doesn't seem to have been plagued by technical issues. Ingram's another one. I would never have thought, coming into the season, that Adam Morgan would have got a win before Ingram. I would have yeah. thought Roy Butcher would have got a win before Ingram. Yeah, that's true and that's what shocked me a little bit um, I know that he couldn't compete this race and that was a chance taken away from him he had bad luck at Brands as well but if you told me that three races in Morgan and Butcher would both have wins and Egan wouldn't mm. I would have been very surprised Yeah. Um, then we had the instant of the race didn't we uh, Jelly who might as well not turned up this weekend it, it really as I said earlier the high point film was not getting started on the grid that was yeah. probably the, the, yeah. the day's highlight Jelly had a wobble, boom tish, uh, and lost the car uh, coming out of Druids. Uh, from the replays, it appeared he lost it on his own. Uh, I didn't seem to be another car involved, but there were certainly cars involved in the following smash-up. I'm wondering whether, obviously, dropping that wheel wide, if he's dropped it on the grass and it's still wet. Yeah, possibly. Um, but, yeah, the, the consequences of it were uh, far more significant for the drivers following him. Yeah, so Hamilton tried to take evasive action, got collected as uh, Jelly snapped around, which put Hamilton very hard into the barriers just under the bridge. Yeah, he had nowhere to go really. If he'd gone left, he'd have been off on the grass and probably into the barrier on that side due to how wet it still was. So he tried to go the other other side and unfortunately Jelly was um, having his accident on that side of the track. Yeah, and Brown then ended up going hard into the back of Nick as well, which helped send him in, uh, Nick into the barrier. Uh, again, Brown not a fault, just no. uh, just the Constantina effect. This would flip Brown's bullet uh, bonnet up even, yeah. uh, obstructing his view. And he'd also end up going to hospital uh, Brown with rib problems. Yeah, it's a significant um, punch, sort of like impact. Yes. Um, and I assume it's either sides of his ribs or seat belts yeah, digging in. that have, have caused the issue for him but he has been now released from hospital and yes. he's just recovering he's hopefully 
he should be fine for Knockhill this coming weekend. Yeah, we may not see Nick there though. He's very unoptimistic that he'll be there. I think he's almost confirmed that he won't be there. Um, I think I believe there is chassis damage yeah, it's to twisted. that it's uh, Volkswagen, and I'd be absolutely amazed if they manage to straighten that out. Well, considering conflict- most teams aren't going back to base between here and Knockhill. Yeah, there's conflicting bits and pieces on social media. Goff seem to get the impression they're going to work to try and get it fixed, but yep. I, I think we're more likely to see him at Thrux than we are Knockhill. Yes. Uh, which is a shame for Nick because his season's been better than last. Um, he's. Oh yeah, I'm pretty sure he's been enjoying it more this season. Yeah, I think he's, so. he's looked more competitive and more comfortable in that car. Yeah, I agree with all that. Um, which would then lead to a red flag because it was fairly late on anyway, 12 laps or so were gone. Uh, and then to try and repair the barrier was going to take too long. Obviously, there's also concerns about the drivers involved, Jelly and Hamilton in particular, yep. um, that they were requiring uh, assistance. So the race was red flagged. And even though we were not at the usual 75% race distance... Well- when the red flag was flown, we were at exactly 75%, but due to regulations, it takes it back a lap, and that would have taken us down to 73%. Yeah. Um, but in the end, they did take it back to a lap, but still award full points. Yeah. Which gave uh, Adam Morgan a superb, and given his really wretched run of luck recently, <laughs> and just genuinely his British touring car career. Uh, yeah, last season was probably one of his most unlucky. Yeah. Um, he absolutely deserved this win and gave a masterclass in defensive driving to yeah. keep both those BMWs behind fairly comfortably as well. Yeah. He, absolutely brilliant from Adam Morgan. Um, the result would then lead uh, Camish in 15th. So the results, as you say, were declared at 10 laps. Uh, and this led Morgan in first from Turkton Oliphant. They've already sewn up them. T- teams and manufacturers they BMW they're so far ahead yeah they are uh, Sutton from Chilton from Proctor Hill Butcher Smiley Moffat Cook Osborne Goff Borgley and Camish rounded up the top 15 well after all that action uh, from the races this weekend again we have taken a look at the weekend as a whole and we have graded the drivers and uh, we'll take you through them now. Yeah, so we'll start off with Colin Turkington, who is Mr. Consistent and has scored his third A of the year. Uh, it's difficult <laughs> to know where he's going to drop yeah. grades, isn't it? I, I think we're, we're looking for an A style probably being two race wins and a very good third result. Yeah. Um, and I just wonder when it will be when he finally clinches that A star for us. I think that either him or Ash are going to get all three races one you know, one event this year. Mm. Because they both qualify fairly well and they both carry weight well. So yeah. I think we could possibly see uh, all three recorded for one of those drivers. Well, Turkinson do, to do it at the uh, final weekend because he loves Brands Hatch Indy circuit. But it will be in later, so it'll be colder, yeah, well. wetter. We'll see. We'll but, see. Yeah. Um, teammate Oliphant. Not his best weekend of the year, uh, I think no, it's fair to say. He struggled, um, struggled certainly in race one, dropped back, um, made a little bit of progress in race, tr- race two, um, but didn't quite have that punchiness that we need him to really have in race three to take the fight to Morgan. I mean, he's really improving as a driver from where he was when he first came in, and even from last year, Yeah. but I still think he needs to be 
more aggressive yeah. in both in attacking and defending. I still think he's quite easy to pass. I mean, when you get up behind Colin, um, Dan, Matt, Neil, you think not twice about overtaking, but you think more carefully about how you're going to overtake. Yeah. I think the drivers aren't as worried about overtaking Oliver because he's not a bit like Bottas in Formula One. He's not going to shut the door too aggressively. Yeah. He's not going to contest it too much. He's as long as he can score points. Yeah, for the t- which is what he's there to do for the team at the end yeah. of the day. But you know, if he wants to launch a title charge, and he's there and thereabouts at the moment, I just think he needs to be that bit more aggressive. And this weekend, I think that was shown in, in particularly race one. Unfortunately, I think as long as Turkinson's there, he's not going to be allowed to make a title charge. But I, I agree. I may, agree. That may be a discussion point for another day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, Camish, then, I've gone for, we've both gone for a C. Yeah, disappointing weekend. Um, disappointing season, Sam. He, he really needs to start to capitalise on how quick he is in qualifying. Um, and we know we know he's got the pace there. We know how close he came last season. Uh, I don't think as such it's a hangover because I think the car has let him down more so this season than yeah, his actual that. driving. But it's not been a good start to the year for him. No, generally. but he has had a better season than Matt Neal. Yep, who, in the other team, Halford's car. Yep, and his grade isn't E. I mean, <sighs> he qualified so well. Yes. A good race one result. Get a top six, top eight. You've got a chance for a win on your 700th, or at least a podium on your 700th and, uh, race appearance. And technical gremlins <sighs> again. Again. And then errors when he was back out on the track as well. Yeah. He's just. He's not, if you're part of the pun, at the races. No. He's just not. I wonder. I mean, oh, look. I don't think there could be any debate. We've had peak Matt Neal. Oh, yeah, most definitely. But this is now quite a decline. Yeah, it would be interesting to see whether he continues after this season. I think, from a narrative point of view, 30 years, 700 races, I think this might be his mm. swan song. And bring his son in, or one of them. Or flashback. Or flash, yeah. Or go all three. Possibly. But, I mean, <laughs> He's even struggling to be a good wingman for Carish at the moment because he can't <laughs> seem to stay in races long enough to, to assist him. Yeah. Which is partly his fault, partly technical. Yeah, it's not been a good start for Halford's pe- uh, period. Uh, moving on to Sutton B. If he can get that car qualified properly, which he should be able to, then uh, he, he should be getting A's week in week I was out. Say, that car is so dangerous yes. in his hands. He just yeah needs to capitalise and bring more almost bring it back a notch in qualifying he's almost trying to go all out in qualifying he doesn't need to he knows the pace is there get it inside the top six and you're generally going to have a good weekend like I said the daft thing is because of the rear wheel drive he doesn't need to be on pole no. top six will mean he'll, no, have he a, he'll have a decent chance of getting first from the from off the line if he's in the top yeah. six but you're not going to go from 15th to first nope um, and I think if he wants to take a real challenge to Colin that's what he needs to improve on but his race pace is good race one he'll be disappointed in cut through in the wet conditions like we know he can but actually after they consolidated pretty well commanding race 2 and 10th to 4th you've got to say that's fair yeah yeah. Uh, Moffat I think we're being kind still giving him a C but he, he scored a 10th position yeah um, best position finish this season and he he seems to like or he seems to have maybe improve that car in dry conditions obviously that 10th came in the final race um, and needs to probably work on it a bit more in the wet I just think he should be further than he's in this car this is only a year he's had in the car he needs to be 
better, I think. Yes, he does. Um, time will tell. I mean, he's not, he's not at risk because it's his team and what have you, but uh, he's not going to be able to convince Ash to swap that car <laughs> at the <laughs> moment, is he? So, And given the fact that the Mercedes won this weekend, yeah, the car that we all thought was finished, yeah. himself, Ash include, uh, sorry, uh, Aiden included, that's going to rub salt in the wounds, isn't it? Yes, it will. Uh, motor base, Butcher, an A for me. Yeah, same. So close to an A star. Yeah. Pole, first, albeit inherited, but he had a second, which is pretty good. Yeah. And lost out to a weightless car, that's fair enough. A yeah. second, that's so good to hold that in race two, you know, to yeah. take with full weight on board in wet conditions, which yeah. are drying and changing. And race three, uh, side eight, that's what you need to do. Two very good points finishes and a decent one in race three will win you championships. Yes, it will. Jackson, I've gone for a C. Now, this was easily his weakest performance so far this year. Bit of a backward step from Brands. Very much off the pace. Um, he showed, as we said, excellent pace at Brands. Uh, I'm wondering if he's not quite au fait with the car in the wetter Wet conditions. conditions. Absolutely. Um, and, of course, having that good weekend at Brands, he had a little bit of weight on board, didn't he? Yeah, he did. Um, and also, as you say, it's wet. It's Alton Park, which is a difficult circuit to overtake on as well. Yeah. It's easy to lose time. I think this will be an anomaly of his season. Yeah. Um, and yeah, see, he still scored some points yeah. for the team, so did what he had to do. But I think expectations have been, uh, you know, ramped up. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Andy Neat, do you know what? He's been solid. Yes. See. Consistent. Yeah. Um, three C's now. We've been we were expecting little from him at the start of the season, um, and then he's warmed up. And the other thing as well is he's not been in any stupid incidents. No, yeah, not like the last time he was in the cars. Well, when he was announced, a lot of people were carping back to some of the accidents that had caused Brands Hatch being one of them, yeah. and his general, I'm going to for want of a better term, inability to drive the car he was in. Yeah. Whereas actually this time he's kept himself clean, he's kept himself quiet, he's not made too many errors himself. No. Uh, not in a race. Few, a few spins and slides of his own accord, but, but he se- hasn't taken anyone else out. With yeah, him. and he seems to get that out of the way in practice or qualifying. He's yeah. not actually caused anything in the race. I mean, he had the puncture at um, yeah. Brands, which you know, the whole motor-based cars are struggling that mm. weekend, so you can't hold that against him. Yeah, he's done very well, and I think we'll get a top 10 finish from him. Yeah, quite possibly. Because I think he was going to be inside the top ten when he had that issue at Brands. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Tom Chilton, to go to the BTC, he started to come alive. My championship tip. It's a much better weekend from him. Um, yeah. Gone for a B. Yeah, a B's fair. Um, three good points results. Yeah. Uh, that, it just doesn't look like Cook in the sense of he, he doesn't look like he's anywhere close to a win, does he? No, he doesn't look racy enough or on the pace. He's no. just there and thereabouts. Which is fine, but he'll want to do so much more. Yeah, he will. I want him to do so much more. <laughs> uh, Cook. It's difficult, isn't it? Yeah. Excellent in qualifying. Excellent in that first race. And then poor... Be- well, it was made to be poor because of, obviously, ride height issues. Then it was his fault in race two for having that incident with Crees, we I believe. Well, I think so. Um, but then he had a decent recovery drive in race three. Uh, it's it's not a stellar weekend from him, point scoring wise either. Certainly not as good as the first weekend. No, but he actually has a lot of potential in that yes. car. But, and I think it's what cost him the championship last year, 
I think he gets too hot-headed. Yeah. Which I think is the problem. Um, you have to finish consistently in the points if you want to crack at this title. Yeah. It's as simple as that. Yeah. You can't afford... Okay, everyone has a dud weekend, fine. But you can't afford to have two dud weekends, three dud weekends. Yeah. And it's happening all too often. Albeit, I do think that the exclusion in race one was harsh. I don't think that was a particularly just outcome for no. him. But race two, yes, yeah, it's, it's a silly error of crease. Yeah. Race three, shame it came short because I think he could have got even further up the field. But I was going to say, if he'd have kept that win in race one, then he'd probably been a B for me. But because of the issue he then had in race two, because of it, it's, it's down for a D. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Michael Kreese, he's also someone who's consistently scored C's with mm. us. C again this weekend. Yeah. As I mentioned earlier, three points finishes in a row now. He's used to the car. He has to retire in race three, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, he's used to the car. He's not a million miles off Chilton and Cook performance-wise. Nope. He's comfortably fighting amongst the rest of the Jack Sears competitors. Yep. Up to speed the car, as you say. Actually, he's looking, looking solid. Yeah, looking good. He's looking good. Um, Ingram. Yeah, poor weekend from him. Uh, a track that he should really like. It's his home circuit. But he's never had a podium here. And that continues. Uh, therefore, C. Yeah, I th- Underwhelming. I think we the, the expectation is so high of Ingram in the wet. Because we know how good he is in the wet. Race one, he just wasn't on it yeah. you know, got stuck with Morgan and something for far too long which is a shame because once he got past Morgan he uh, absolutely reeled in Chilton so quickly Yeah, and you wonder what could have been if he got through quicker he did well to be fair to get up from 15th to where he finished so he did pretty well in that yeah, regard he did. but and obviously race 3 was an issue he couldn't have foreseen but race 2 was for me where he should have had a bigger impact Yeah, you know conditions he likes fairly weightless should have just doesn't look he hasn't looked completely racy this season no he's pulled up some great moves mm. but he's just been a bit further off that front pack than I think we would and certainly he would have liked yeah I don't think the car has developed as much as others either which is a shame because last year it seemed he'd really found the sweet spot in as the season went on yep but I mean it's Tom I'm sure he'll get a string of results together soon he's had bad luck as well because that's two race threes now where he's not competed due to issues out of his control yes so you've got to factor that in as well uh, move to the team hard boys Goff I always think you're quite kind I, I've given him another C um, and that's just because he's had a bang average weekend but he's better than the rest of the team as we would expect in what we know to be a poor car um, I don't think when once his grades go up to maybe a B or an A then I'd be expecting him to be inside the top 10 scoring points but he's scored points in one of the races this weekend same as what he did last time out I don't think we can expect too much more of him at the moment yeah he's, he's getting the absolute best out of the car uh, with his limitations I think it's fair to say yeah We'll go over C. Brown. Poor weekend. Yeah, comes with um, his worst. Yes. Uh, we're giving him an E. Um, may seem a little harsh, but he did have instant in race two. And obviously he was caught up in the instant in race three. But he, he wasn't looking on the pace either. Yeah, he struggled this weekend. And perhaps, you know, let's not forget, this is a relatively new chap in the yeah. series, racing in the wet. 
you've got to give a little bit of a pass there. Yep. It's important it's a strong weekend at Knock Hill because it could be wet there as well. Yes. Um, Hamilton, I've gone for a D4. Completely blameless for me in race three. Yep. But the old Hamilton errors were there in race two of the incident at the hairpin. I know it's tricky conditions. Sloppy. It's sloppy. Um, it's just a mistake you should you should be making. No. Um, yeah, sloppy errors can slip in. Everyone has maybe a small error each race. Um, but it's, yeah, it's a D, really. Uh, Bordley, I've also gone for a D here. Could have perhaps should have been a better weekend, and it's hampered straight away with the error in the warm-up lap on. Uh, it just compounded everything, didn't it? Um, I reckon he should have had a much better weekend. He showed the pace that was in the car in that final race to be able to get into the points. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, first time possibly in the car in the wet as well. If anyone can help me, I am sh- convinced that either Goff or Jackson dropped the car on the warm-up lap at Croft a couple of years ago, but I can find no evidence <laughs> for it. I, con- I still think you're making this up. I'm convinced it was one of Goff or Jackson, and I can't remember which one, and I can't remember which car, but if anyone out there can remember, then please do get in touch, because it's going to bug me. I can't find it in the archive footage of it, but it's a really weird thing to imagine or misremember. So. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, moving on then to what? Trade price? Well, we can do trade price next. Uh, so Thompson had poor qualifying, obviously, with the mistake, but made up for it throughout the weekend and then was poor again in the final race. So a C for me. Yeah, I mean, I think it was a little bit too optimistic to expect he'd get a win in race three. Yeah. But I certainly didn't expect him to fall down the order as no. quickly as he did. To I thought drop, he'd still score points. Yeah, to drop 10 places on the first lap is yeah, it's, it's not great. Um, also, of course, you're weightless. Yeah. Or more or less weightless. Um, and But he did do, have a better weekend than Gornall. Yeah, um, he struggled. Probably his poorest showing so far. Um, we've given him a D. Problems uh, with the car. Weekend. Problems, I think, getting to grips with the touring cars in the rain. Yeah. Yeah, uh, he'll move on. I think he's a very good driver. We can see that he'll move on and uh, improve from here. Um, let's do Car Lube, the ever fantastically named Car Lube. Triple R Racing, <laughs> sponsored by Hoex. Um Yeah, Morgan. Let's start with him. Morgan, fantastic weekend for me. Um, and I took a win in the car, which we probably weren't expecting all season, and he's inside the top ten for every race qualifying result as well yeah they've worked absolute wonders on that Mercedes they yeah. really really have just a shame about the livery yeah it is a shame um, his counterpart then Butel um, D he made progress at Brands but it was a little bit of a step back again to be expected a little bit in the conditions yeah wet conditions not knowing what a touring car reacts like um, I hope to I hope to see more from him at Knock Hill. He wasn't too far off the points, to be fair to him. He no. was, you know, it wasn't a disastrous weekend, no. and he finished all races, which is yes. always important in the wet to get your experience. So, you know, I think we'll see him back, and he'll only get stronger. Um, let's do Hill. Hill, uh, an excellent weekend for him, mm. considering what he's had to go through so far this season. Um, and A, uh, getting that first podium, and then two more top seven finishes. Yeah, top ten qualifying, battling illness and battling ongoing engine problems. Yep. Yeah, pretty good weekend by Hill. Yeah, yeah, can't argue that. Uh, not so good for Osborne, who we've given a D to easily his weakest weekend so far. Again, a fairly rookie driver, so allow a little bit for the wet. Though he did have some wet races last year. Yeah. Um, albeit in the MG, which he might as well have walked around the circuit to get 
Things. Was it him or Rob Smith that managed to roll it at Alton last year? Oh, now you're asking. Off, off the barrier, um, coming up the leap onto oh. the start finish. Do oh, you remember that? I do. Was Bushel involved? Not Bushel. Um, Blundell. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, it was one of the MGs. Um, so yeah, he, he possibly hasn't had great experience at this track. No, and I think he needs to improve a little bit and fast actually, because he'll mm. show what the car's capable of. Yes, Hill's a much more experienced racer. There's been flashes from Osborne. He needs to get those flashes now and have a good race of those flashes and get, you know, a, a good points finish. Yeah. Now let's do Hyundai. Hmm. Um, quiet. Quiet effective. but good. Mm. Yeah. Um, both Smiley and Proctor for me uh, sees yeah. a solid weekend, scoring points, just what the team need. Um, they seem to be a fairly competitive around that tenth position on the grid. Um, and I think yes what we should expect from them for the rest of the season now importantly as well both kept out of trouble so the cars with yep. one piece to go up to Knock Hill I fancy they will discuss it more on the preview that they will have a strong weekend in Knock Hill I just think that car's going to work there ok but we'll discuss that more on the preview uh, Jelly F what a waste of a weekend man. <laughs> oh dear I think it was all going so well from uh, Donington to Brands excellent weekend at Brands mm. had a lot had a pretty good weekend here last year. Yeah, won, won a race by inheriting it. And oh my god, has it gone down the pan? And I think that's. I think the F. You, some people might think it's harsh, but we really felt Jelly had got this turn of corner this season. Yeah. Had got that car hooked up. Had got himself in the right headspace. I mean, and it's a car that should have done well here. Yeah, and Brands, he done so well. At ex- we gave him an A at Brands. Yeah. The first six races, he exceeded all expectations. And was looking really, really strong. He was in the top ten of the championship coming into this weekend, and yeah. just absolutely, he poor, might as well not turn up. Poor. Just poor, just poor from qualifying. Didn't do anything qualifying. No. Errors strewned all over weekends. I know the real drives are harder in the wet, but come on, yeah, you know that car. Yeah. Um, let's finally finish. Yep, with Bushel. Bushel now. It might be a little difficult to grade the PMR drivers for the rest of the season, obviously depending on whether they've had experience before in the series uh, or whether they're completely new to it. Um, Obviously all drivers that will be coming in new to the season will be carrying those 60 kilos of ballast. It's another stupid rule. Um, So it'll be interesting to see how people adapt to that. But I think Bushell... We've gone for a C, haven't we? You want it to be a D, but... Yeah, I, I'm a little bit disappointed in... But then, I honestly... It's a car that he's jumped into three days before the event started. But in qualifying and practice, that car's got the pace. I expected... Yes, I expect a lot more finish. from him next weekend. Yeah, I think the proof in the pudding next weekend, and we've agreed that if he has a poor weekend next weekend, I'm going back and downgrade this <laughs> to a D. Um, yeah... That car looks up to speed. Yeah, it looks quick. Who knows what could have been done if they ran it with Plato or Jackson. For Amazing, the yeah. But we could we have had a, a fourth car in the title challenge. Yeah, they've like come on a long way in that car in a short space of time. Yeah, certainly have. But yeah, a little bit disappointed by Bushel, but we'll give a C on this occasion and see what happens next time. Though I do think, controversially, I think he's destined for a race engineer role <laughs> yeah. rather than a driver role. Yeah. But there we go. Uh, should we move on to our drivers of the day, etc.? Yes, go on then. Driver of the day, I think we're unanimous in most of these, actually. Uh, Fairly close, yeah. I've gone for Butcher. If you put it on pole, 
you get a win, you get a second, um, and you also then go get an eighth in race three. For me, you you drive the day. Yeah, same here. Um, I, I still can't believe how much pace is in that car, no. um, and he looks very comfortable in it in all conditions. Yeah, he's just so quick, so relaxed, yep. and enjoying himself, which is always good. Certainly is. Uh, villain of the day, again, we've both gone the same. It's Jelly. Yeah, it, it, it's a, a typical bad Jelly weekend. Um, don't, don't do things by half, does he? No, he doesn't. No. <laughs> it's either good or bad. Um, my surprise of the day, good Adam Morgan. Um, I just did not expect him to have a race win ahead of some of the other drivers yeah. we've mentioned. And they really have somehow found every possible inch in that Mercedes. I know, it, it still astonishes me. Um, and I think actually we, we have a tendency to forget how good a driver Adam Morgan actually is. Oh yeah. Because he's of his luck and in a car that has struggled to compete a lot of the time. Actually Morgan is a really, really good driver. Yeah, he is. Um, and I think if he was given more consistent, better machinery, he could easily be in a title fight each season. I also think if it wasn't for his... Um, ties to that team mm. I think that he could quite easily be Oliphant is at BMW or yep. even at Halford and Neil goes but I think it's the tie to that team the emotional and yep. uh, monetary tie that's kept him there but he's a very good driver yeah for me a uh, good surprise this weekend was Hill yeah I um, understand that very pleased to see that his pace that he was showing towards the end of last season has now transversed into this season um, finally getting some reliability in that car. Yep, uh, my bad surprise of the weekend, and actually really the season, is Team Halfords. Just just as a collective, they've got into positions each weekend where they should be able to maximise what they've got, and it hasn't gone that way. BMW are so far ahead yep. in the constructors and the manufacturers. <sighs> and <laughs> it's... Some, Halfords are famed for their reliability. Oh yeah, you know Matt yeah. Neal finished. We were discussing in previous pods all of the races in two thousand and five and his uh, conquest to the title. Yep. Halfords don't have technical problems. No. And now we've seen if you include Cambridge's brake failure brands at the end of last year, which was the only failure they had last year. year. We've now had four weekends. We count that where they've had a technical problem. Yeah. On the bounce, this is madness. It is. And they need to find a way to fix this and fast because it's really hampering their fights in in, in the um, competitions they're in. Yeah, m- more specifically, mine was Neil. Uh, I was expecting a lot more of him this weekend, especially as it hit, was his celebratory weekend, being 700th race and 30 years and all that. I was expecting him to be a lot punchier, especially after the qualifying that he'd had. Yeah, I can understand that as well. Just... He was a little bit unlucky. Yeah. So we'll have a quick look at what the driver standings are looking like at the moment. And Turkington has extended his lead this weekend um, from Ashley Sutton. Rory Butcher, an excellent weekend for him. I think he top scored out of all drivers this weekend. And that has boosted him up to third. 44 points this weekend from Butcher. 48, I believe. 48, was it, Mark? Yeah. 48 48 points, including, obviously, his pole position. Oh, okay, so 44 on the road, then. Yeah, 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 yeah. fine, fine. Um, Oliphant sitting just a point behind him. Um, It's a good showing so far from Oliphant. It isn't, it isn't. Considering. It isn't, it isn't. The fact that Booker's ahead having effectively missed a weekend. Yeah. 
But considering my other film was last year, where he was nowhere yeah. in in this battle. Yeah, you're right. It's not bad. Uh, Cameron is further seven points behind him. You believe his title challenge is over? I I can't see. He's forty nine points behind. Yeah, at this stage to have a fifty point, we'll say fifty because it's yeah. easier. A fifty point uh, deficit to turn around. Yeah. I know we've still got a lot of meters left. That's a hell of a gap to bridge so early on. Yeah, effectively it's what two retirements and um, Kamish having to have two fastest laps. Yeah, so Kamish have to win two races and a, and have Colin not score on those two races. Yeah, it's possible. It is, but that would also mean that uh, Dan is going to pretty much have to have a perfect season from here on out to make sure the gap doesn't get bigger in the meantime. Oh yeah. So no, for me it's done. For me it's those top four. I think even Oliphant's a little bit too far back. But then you'd have to say, if I say that, you'd have to say Butcher is as well. But yeah, yeah I think it's a four-horse race. Uh, Ingram is there on 89, 89 points in sixth. Morgan, after that win this weekend, is sitting pretty in seventh, mm. ahead of your title uh, yeah, well, prediction of uh, Tom Chilton in eighth. Uh, Chris Swiney, been consistent most of the season, sitting in ninth, and Ollie Jackson in tenth. Yeah, so it's uh, an interesting weekend we've just witnessed we're certainly looking forward to Knock Hill there'll be a preview pod on Friday uh, to take you through the points to watch out for there Yep. there'll be my five talk points on the website tomorrow so make sure you go and check those out um, but until then we'll speak to you on Friday yeah have a good week and uh, we'll see you then remember to subscribe follow and also share our podcast for more touring car updates you can also find us on Instagram, Twitter and Facebook by just searching for BTCP, British Touring Car Podcast. And you can also contact us there or on our email at btccpod at gmail.com. 